friends. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. This is a different kind of episode. So about two weeks ago, my friend Chelsea Brinkley and I recorded a live Zoom with about 15 people who joined us, and we talked all about what it's like to work remotely. We answered questions, shared some of our favorite softwares and tools, uh, and even some of our advice on how to set up your best workspace, because we realized that a lot of people right now are working from home, and it might be unfamiliar or, you know, uncharted territory. And so we decided to do a live Zoom for people who wanted to join in with us. And it was really fun. So I thought I would also turn the audio into a bonus podcast episode of Wild Hearts. For those of you who either are already remote workers, find yourselves working remotely during this super strange season of our lives, or have always dreamed about being a remote worker. You've heard from Chelsea before. We did an episode together on what it's like to be a digital nomad. So her voice might sound a little bit familiar. Anyway, we're super excited about it and figured we'd just share it with you guys. So without further ado, here are all the secrets to working remotely. But we are really excited that you guys have chosen to tune in and hang out with us. Um, Like I said, when we started, Chelsea and I have both been working remotely for about three years each. And um, I just thought we'd introduce ourselves for, because I feel like some of you might know Chelsea, some of you might know me, there might not be um, crossover there. So Chelsea, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hmm. Hi, um, Chelsea Brinkley. I have a personal brand business. So what I do is I help remote workers. Um, So basically I help people who are who I was, I was working in an office um, and I loved the team and everything, but I really wanted to travel more. I really wanted more freedom and flexibility and that wasn't offered there. So I help people who were in a situation like that and help them to start working remotely. So I help those people. I sell my templates and all that stuff to get started with your own business. And then I also help entrepreneurs. So I am their operator and I run their business um, and I do that. And then I also just help step in and completely organize and create processes for their businesses. I'm Janine. I um, uh, somehow ended up in a role where for a small entrepreneurial company, I act as the director of technology. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Um, But that's just a fancy way to say I manage a lot of websites and uh, customer relationship management software and uh, do a lot of email marketing campaigns. And I have one kind of major client. And then I have a couple of side clients where I do some other website management, website design. But like, I'm not a coder. But I also want to share a little background. Chelsea and I have known each other for a long time. We've actually known each other for six years. We worked together in the same uh, corporate office uh, for three years, three and a half years or so. Uh, Chelsea took off to be a full-time virtual assistant. And I followed shortly after to um, go travel the world and stumbled into a remote position that was very, very part-time and has morphed into the job that it became. That is now. Um, and Chelsea and I have, I mean, we've hung out in Nashville and Denver, where she now lives. Um, we have connected on a lot of different things when it comes to working remotely because we both went into it not knowing a lot. Um, and so that being said, we have learned not everything, but we feel like we have a better grasp than we ever have on kind of how to do it well. Um, there's always bumps in the road, but that's kind of kind of where we're at. So we figured we'd kind of go over a couple of different topics. We're going to go over some tools and software that are really helpful when it comes to working remotely. Um, we're also going to go over how to be at your most productive and most focused self, because that can be really challenging when you're not in the environment where you're all working like collectively together. And we're also going to talk about setting up boundaries when you are working remotely, because that can be difficult when you work from home. It means you can work at any time. And it really depends on what that looks like if you're, you have like multiple clients and you're on contract versus being still in kind of a corporate environment, but you're remote. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about setting up your most ideal workspace from home. Obviously that doesn't apply if you are um, working from a coffee shop or if you're traveling and working or traveling. Um, but maybe we'll do another remote work happy hour where we dive a little bit deeper and what that can look like when you're not at home. We're going to mention a few different uh, remote work tools, but these are not all of them. There are so many tools out there and a lot of them do similar things. So this is just the ones, like a few basic ones that we really like um, and maybe some, I get tips on how to best use those, but really there is just like an entire, there's just so much. Um, Yes. So first off, Zoom, obviously we're using that tool right now. 
We really love it. Um, and I think everyone, it feels like everyone in the world is using Zoom right now. So I'm not sure how it's not crashing. Um, but yes, it is a really, really wonderful tool to use. Janine, do you have any like tips or etiquette on the best ways to use Zoom? I mean, I know for the most part, it is the whole aspect of like, keep yourself muted. Um, and that's what we do in our, how I use Zoom. Keep yourself muted unless you have something to say and then unmute at that point. The reason that is, is because I have a dog, like sometimes he could be barking or sometimes, you know, the trash man shows up and I'm, you know, everyone can hear everyone's background noise. So if you just stay muted until you have something to say and then unmute, do you have any other ones? Yeah, I think that's a really big one. And then um, chats are really great and privately chatting with one person or you can chat with the entire group. And then the recording feature is really cool in Zoom. If you're ever on a Zoom and you guys are going over something technical where it might be something where you're like, oh, I might need to reference this later, you can record. And I usually it will save to your computer. And it usually it will save the video, but it will also just save the audio. Um, so you can kind of choose which one you like. I love using Zoom. I do know it's been overloaded. Um, they've done a really good job of kind of clearing up the bandwidth, adding bandwidth and things like that over the last week. But uh, yeah, Zoom is super great. It's my favorite tool in regards yeah. to having, I mean, there's there's a lot, but there, it's my favorite tool. In, like a video meeting, to me, it's the best. Mm-hmm. And I've tried a lot. Many. Um, okay, so another tool that we both love is Slack. Slack is really great. There's a lot of intricacies and nuances that like, you might not know if you don't do a deep dive on what Slack has to offer. Um, and I would say, if you have the time and you're using Slack, it's worth looking into. Um, for one of my jobs, I did have to create kind of a best practices document on how to use Slack because it can be a bit of a beast in terms of all of the capabilities. Um, I think a really big, one of my like biggest wins with Slack are threads. Um, because sometimes you'll be in a general channel where everyone's there. It depends on the size of your team. I have, I am on one team that has over 20 people. And so when people start chatting in Slack, it can get like chatterbox. It can just be so excessive. Starting a thread when you're trying to respond back to one comment is the best thing you can do. And your team will thank you for it. Um, and another feature that I recently found out about is you can actually set a reminder in Slack. Like say you read a message. I do this all the time. But I read a message when I first wake up in the morning and then I forget that I read it. And then like three days go by and someone's like, where's that thing that you're supposed to do? And I'm like, <laughs> so you can actually set it to remind you like two hours from now, a day from now, and it will remind you of whatever that message was, which I have found to be one of the best features. You can also search in Slack, which is really helpful. If like three weeks ago, somebody said something, you know, they said it or they sent you something, you can search for it, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love the remind feature. So I use that uh, just an example to kind of piggyback off of Janine is that I use that uh, specifically because I batch my work. So I have two retainer clients that I am essentially under COO. I I run their business. Um, They're the visionary and I run their entrepreneurial business. And so when it comes to that, I batch my work. Like on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do one client for a few hours. And on Tuesday, Thursday, I do the other client really helps my brain to batch that. So I'm not trying to do everyone's stuff all the time. And so it just doesn't get confusing and that sort of thing. So I use the remind feature. Like if one of my clients sends me a message on the day that I'm doing something for a different client, I just, I'm like, cool, acknowledge. If it's not urgent, I remind myself to do it the next day. Um, the next time that I'm batching and doing their work. So that's super helpful. And then like kind of an obvious answer, but Slack you can have an app on your computer, an app on your phone or iPad. So it can be accessible no matter where you are, which is- And they all talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, you can connect all sorts of things. You can connect your Google Calendar. You can connect Zapier, which is a really great tool. If y'all have never heard of Zapier, it is an automation program. Yeah, it's an automation software. Automa- automation software. So like if say you get an email and you want to be like, you want whatever was in that email to be added to a spreadsheet, something like that, you can set as that and it will do it automatically for you. It's amazing. If you're not using it in business, you could probably use it in your personal life in some way. I would absolutely mm. love it. But you can connect that into Zap. You can connect in Zoom. You can connect Google Drive. You can connect. Um, you, you can, can do Giphy. You can Giphy. Do like, you have like a really fun group of people. I love Giphy. Uh, I love Giphy. Yeah. So Slack is huge. Um, definitely look into it if you're on kind of a, a team where you need a way to be communicating more easily than email because email can get so cumbersome. 
Um, particularly if you're having multiple people in an email, it's going to be a lot easier to use something like Slack. So even if you don't get to make that executive decision for your team, even bringing it up might be a really good idea. Okay. Uh, Loom is a favorite. So Loom is a tool where you can do screen sharing um, and you can basically record your screen doing something. So I do this a lot of times because I have to teach other people different processes that I've put in place and automations and that sort of thing. So what I simply do is I'm just like, hey, I'm going to record my screen, me doing this thing. And then I send them the video and then they have a recording. They can always refer back to it, which is super nice. I know I've used this with Kelly and I think it's been helpful. <laughs> um, it's good. Okay. And it's just a really, really great tool. I have used several of these tools like Vidyard and other ones for recording your screen. Loom is my favorite, hands down. They make it simple, easy. The tool can make my life easier and it's free. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, Loom is awesome. I've used it to train. But I've used Loom to do kind of trainings that I know people might need to refer back to. Um, and it's great because it just lives there for as long as you want it. If you delete it, which is awesome. I would say another really great tool, particularly if you're someone who kind of works on an hourly basis, or even if you just kind of want to track how you're spending your time, Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, is an amazing um, app. You can use it on your computer, like on a desktop, on your browser, or you can download the app to your computer, or you can have it on your phone. And you can tap when you start on a certain project, you can pre-name them and see how you're spending your time. So if you're an hour, if you are a contractor or a freelancer, and you need to track your time in a, more, in a more accurate way, you can use Toggle, it's really great. But then also you can get like more niche to be like, oh, well, this is what I'm spending on emails. This is what I'm spending on whatever. Like you can shit it out based on what you're doing. It can help track it. But then in your personal life, you can also use it. You might not like it if you use it in your personal life because you might see that you're spending time on things more time than you should on certain things. Um, but I definitely found it to be, I'm hourly. It's the easiest way for me to track my hours. Um, otherwise I was like kind of guessing it wasn't great. It wasn't very thorough. So toggle is really awesome. Yeah. I use toggle, um, even just like in my personal life, but I, I'm not hourly. I'm, I'm on retainer and then I have uh, project-based clients. Um, but I use it because I'm going to make sure that the, what I'm charging is relative and it makes sense based on how much time I'm spending on something. So I always do that. I always like, and I track like my learning time. I track everything. If I'm on my computer, the time is being tracked because I need to know. And then I reconcile that every Monday morning. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Um, every Monday morning, I go through and I look where my time was spent last week to see how I can do better, to see if I like lost time anywhere or holy smokes, I spent way more time on this client than the other client. Why is that? Just kind of, uh, just, I don't know, it's data looking through that and making sure you're spending your time wisely because it's the most important thing. I'm going to go ahead and say the longer you hear us talk, the more you're going to see that like Chelsea is way more disciplined. AKA I'm a nerd. She's like That's just true. way better with that. Whereas I'm like this free spirit. So I'm like, <laughs> Squirrel. I get like distracted so easily, or if I like have some creative idea, I need to like make sure I write it. I just the toggles help stay on track <laughs> and also track my hours because there will be moments where I'm like, well, just got an idea. If I don't write it down, I don't do something about it. I'm gonna lose it. So I'll tap toggle. It knows as I stopped. I can go work on whatever it is I don't want to lose, and then I can hop back in and it will track the hours, which is really awesome. So. That's a good one. Project management tools, there's a lot out there um, and it really depends on how in depth you'd want to use a project management tool. In the past, I have used Trello. I really like Trello. Sometimes I just use it as a to-do list to be honest with you, but you can get more in depth. You can bring team collaboration into Trello. Two other really uh, popular ones I would say are Asana and Basecamp. Um, I also do use Basecamp in one of my, actually it's the same job. I just use Trello for one aspect of it and then another kind of division of the team uses Basecamp. And that's also a great way to collaborate with teams and use project management. There's tons of project management softwares out there. So if you want to use it personally or professionally, just look at kind of what is offered uh, for each program and what makes the most sense for what you or your team are doing. But I have found in terms of collaboration, they're really easy to use across a team. Um, you can tag people, you know, ping, all that sort of stuff. It's really great. I also use uh, Trello just like in our personal life. Mm -hmm. um, so I have like a Brinkley, Brinkley board um, and both my husband and I are on it. So little things that need to be done 
you know, I'm not talking like go get the, go to the grocery store. I'm talking like, okay, registering like the tags for the car or something like that. Or we're trying to sell one of our vehicles right now. So it's like, what's the process? Where are we at with that? Like, you know, have that kind of thing. So we use Trello like in our personal life as well. And I think it's like super helpful and it's really great to be, to see like what's being worked on or what's being done or what. So you don't, fine, but so you don't even have to talk because I don't want to waste time on like stupid stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyways, love me some Trello. That's personally my favorite tool. But again, like Janine says, like figure out what works best for you and some are more in depth. Like Trello is not as in depth um, as Basecamp is. It's just not, but it works for me. I'm super visual. So it, it looks essentially Trello is set up to like a bulletin board. So if that helps you visually, it's going to be really easy to use. Um, yeah, to-do lists are just important. Some people really, I mean, I actually personally prefer paper. Like I want to cross something off. I want to feel like I've achieved it. So I will put things in my Trello board. So I know they're there but then I double up and I also write it in my like weekly agenda so that I can like line up what I'm doing each day. And I just feel like I've done stuff, which is awesome. And then this one should probably go without saying, but Google drive is really great. Um, if you're collaborating on any spreadsheets or documents, or you're doing like a Google form of any kind, um, I heavily use Google forms. It's how we track a lot of things internally. Um, and sometimes we'll send out surveys externally through Google forms and you can grab all the, uh, submissions, <laughs> all the content mm-hmm. different submissions, which is really easy. So we're just getting started working from home. That's what I would use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, working from home, like I do, I'm really big about setting boundaries. Like if people have my phone number, I straight up tell them do not call or text me unless it is an emergency. I need that separation between what is personal and what is work. Um, and so that's why things like Slack are great for communication versus email. They can just ping you instantly and you can get it right to your phone, but it's not coming to your text. It's just, diff- I don't know for me, it's like, I just got to really separate this too because I need boundaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need yes. that really clear boundaries. So um, let's talk a little bit about productivity. How do we stay productive and efficient and focused um, and essentially not waste time because I don't think any of us want to waste time. So um, one thing that I have learned in doing this for, I don't know how long it was, three something years, I don't know, um, working from home is what I mean. So I have learned I am way more productive working from home if I set my boundaries and I'm clear about that. So I, I mean, just working in the office environment, I would get stopped like all the time, which is great. I love humans and I love to talk to people, but I just, I get way, way, way more done in less time because I'm working from home. Anyways. So here's a few things about what I personally do. And this is just me and everyone is different and different things work for different people. I think, unfortunately, it's just like trial and error. You have to figure out what works best for you. And trust me, I went through weeks of of trying to figure out what worked for me. Like I would try doing this instead of this. And then I was like, well, obviously that's not working. So just take some time to figure out what really works for you. I just want to, I can't stress that enough. Like just because something works for me doesn't mean it will work for you. Anyhow, this is what I do. So um, for productivity and like keeping focused, I use the Pomodoro technique, except for I've, I've kind of uh, switched it up a little bit. So what I do is I set, I have an Apple watch. It's off right now because I'm typing, but um, I have an Apple watch and I set my timer on my watch for 45 minutes. So for 45 minutes, I'm just doing work. I'm at my desk I'm wherever I'm working and I'm doing that. Once the timer goes off, um, I finish up basically what I'm doing. And then I take 15 minutes to walk around, to walk, go for a walk outside, to go to dishes, to do laundry, you know, any of those things that I just stop staring at my screen for 15 minutes. And that is super helpful for me. Otherwise I could just go nonstop. Um, and I forget to eat and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, so that's super helpful for me. Another thing is I do, I always have earbud, earbuds in. I, this is super weird, but I like listening to like a white noise or I like listening to like rain or wind. I use a tool called Noisily and it works for me. So it does like this combination. And so I listen to like white noise and a combination of white noise, rain, and wind. And it, it helps me stay focused. If I listen to music, I get very distracted. I start singing the song. I lose focus. 
Um, so that's what worked for me. I listened to that. And I always put my phone away from me. Uh, my phone and my laptop were always on do not disturb. I put my phone, it's too easy. And it's actually like a bad habit of mine. If I my phone is next to me, I'm picking it up and I'm probably on Instagram. And, and I don't even know I'm doing it. So I literally take my phone and I put it somewhere else that's not next to my computer. So I don't pick it up. Um, and then also like, I really like my workspace and that helps me stay produ- productive and really focused because it's really clean. That kind of middle things. Oh, another tip, close your dang email, close it down. You don't need that because what I do and what I used to do is I'd be like, what email would pop up, right? And I'd be like, you know what? Let me just see what this is all about. And I would go check out one email. And then an hour later, what am I doing? Answering emails. So I set a time aside to do email time. I check my email in the morning and I answer emails for about an hour. And then in the, let's say like afternoon, evening. And that's when I do emails. Other than that, my emails close down because I know myself well enough to know Mm -hmm. I'm just a little like red mark. It's going to come up. I'm like, I can't have that. I'm going to go check it. So I just close down the email. Anyways, those are some things I do. Janine, what do you do? <laughs> this is another indication where you're <laughs> Chelsea and I are very different. I listen to music. I am all about the jams. I'm like bopping. Like all the time. It. It's really bad when I'm in public because I forget. <laughs> Good time. I love like 80s music. Yeah, I had to write everything down because again, I get distracted. Um, So I try my best to be really clear with whoever my leaders are, where my team is about when I'm working. Um, because I think not, this kind of goes in with boundaries, but like um, for me to stay most productive, I try to stick to certain hours of the day. Or if I know I'm taking off for, you know, three hours, like I have an appointment to go to, or I mean, right now that's not happening, but um, you know, if you have things that you're going to, I just try to be really upfront in communication with my team um, because then productivity on their end will still be able to move forward because they're not waiting on me to answer when they know that I'm not there. Um, And something about Slack is you can actually set statuses, uh, which is really great. So you can set a status if you're like out to lunch or if you're on vacation or literally if you're just unavailable or on a call. That way, if someone's trying to get a hold of you, they're going to know you're not going to get back to them like that, it's going to take you a little bit to get back, which I think is really helpful. Um, if you have multiple clients, if you're a contractor or freelancer, um, batching your work, Chelsea mentioned that earlier, she's way better at it than me. So I probably shouldn't talk about it, but essentially kind of what she referenced earlier, you kind of do the like three hours of a day to one client, three hours to another, or Tuesdays are one client, Wednesdays are another, that just will help you to stay focused on that one client, knowing that in X amount of hours or X amount of days, you can work on whatever that other person or team needs. Um, Turning off non-essential notifications. So social media, um, emails, if you need to turn off emails for certain parts of the day, I'm not, I'm not good at that. Um, Texts, like putting your phone on do not disturb, that kind of stuff that's where I get distracted the most. I, sh- I could probably be a lot better about moving my phone away from my laptop when I'm working. Um, yeah, I'm not good at that. So I'll take Chelsea's advice on that one. It's hard. Yeah. It's well, once I pick my phone up like five times, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Sometimes I feel like thankfully toggle helps me, but there will be every once in a while where I'll forget to hit toggle. And all of a sudden it's been 20 minutes and I've gone mm-hmm. down some social media black hole. And so then I have to remember like, deduct that 20 minutes off of the time that you were working in toggle because you know you weren't working you were on instagram hand slapped <laughs> um and then another thing i have to do is take brain breaks every so often first of all it's a strain on your eyes to be at your computer all day which anyone who works on a computer knows that um but also when you're like sitting in one spot in your house you're not moving very much unless you have a massive house Props to you if you do. I do not. I have a very small place. And so every couple hours, I will intentionally walk away for 15 to 30 minutes, whether it's to grab something to eat or go for a short walk or whatever, just walking away from my computer so that my brain has time to separate from work for a minute. And I think scientifically, I probably shouldn't say scientifically because I don't know for sure, but I think I read somewhere once that it's actually really good for you to do that um, because you're going to come back kind of re-energized and you're going to see things in a different light, which is actually really good for you. So I love a good brain break. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I got yep. for staying productive and focused. And if you guys have questions around any of this or something we have not mentioned thus far, 
please write down your questions because we really want to answer as many of them as we can at the end. Um, and along with productivity comes kind of boundaries, which depending on your work environment can be really, really hard to do again because you're working from home, which means technically, technically, you can flip open your computer at any time. Um, this has probably been one of the harder things for me, uh, setting really clear boundaries, not just with the team, but with myself. That's actually been harder is setting it with myself. Same. Yeah, it's hard, man. Offsetting office hours can be helpful. Some environments don't, it doesn't work like that. If you're in a really small entrepreneurial company, saying you work eight to three might not work for what they need. But if you're also in it, if right now you find yourself working remote and you haven't done it before, but doing it because of everything that's going on, it's a different story, right? Because you're probably working a set number of hours or set time during the day. Um, so I would say if you're not in that environment, if you are in an environment where it's not eight to five, try to find pockets in your day where you're going to work and stick to them. And if you are in an eight to five, stick to that. It's going to be a lot easier for you having boundaries with your time. Um, I think also a big thing is just being really, really clear in your communication with your teams and your leaders about um, what your availability is when you're taking time off. Um, if you are going on vacation, giving them a heads up as early as you possibly can so they know, all right, cool, we got to make sure someone's backfilled on that. Um, and then also your priorities, because sometimes you might be working cross, like depending on what your clientele looks like or what your team looks like, you might be doing multiple things and one version or one team might not know what you're doing. They might not know what you're doing with another team. It might be so siloed that they don't know. So setting clear, prior, like letting them know what your priorities are is going to help your entire team to like or whoever you're working with to know where you're at and where they fall on your priority list. So however, however appropriate that is, depending on what your work style and your clients look like and things like that, just being really clear in your communication can be super helpful with boundaries. And just be really honest about your uh, capacity, how much time you have. Please don't say like I've done this and it always is like shooting myself in the foot where I'm like, hey, I can totally take on that project and get it done by tomorrow. And then at like midnight, I'm so mad at myself because I really didn't have the capacity for it. Sometimes that's trial and error. Sometimes you might not know. But if you have an inkling that like you don't have the capacity for it, just be upfront and honest. I think everyone will thank you in the long run, but you're going to especially thank yourself because you did get two hours of sleep. I've done it. It's not fun. Um, and then also being honest with your with your abilities. Um, I mean, I think some of us are more self learners than others are. Some of us can just you know like watch your video and figure it out. Some need step by step. That's dependent on how we're wired. Um, but if you, I wouldn't don't lie. Basically, is what I'm saying. Don't say like yeah 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 I can totally do that. Totally know how to do that. And then all of a sudden you find yourself taking three hours to figure out what should have only taken 30 minutes. That's a waste of your time. And potentially an employer can see like, why did it take them that long to do that? They said they could do it. So I would say just be really honest with yourself and with whoever you're working with about your, what did I say? Capacity and your ability. Okay. So creating boundaries for me, I think working from home can be a challenge. It's a blessing and it's a challenge at the same time. Um, and I think you have to be really clear about separating your work and your home life. Like Janine said, like figuring out, and I'm not good at this. I'm not, I'm just not good at this. It's figuring out like a shutdown time and what that looks for you. Everyone works different differently, like in different sweet spots of time. Like someone could be like a really early bird and I envy you, or someone could be a night owl and they do their best work at 9 PM, whatever works for you. I mean, depending on your work situation, if they're cool with that, um, yeah. So for me, it's just like figuring out like a shutdown time. I'm trying to get better about this than actually being like, all right, eight o'clock, sometimes nine o'clock. I'm actually going to be shutting down my laptop and just eating dinner. Yes. I eat dinner that late. Um, and that sort of thing, but figuring out that for you, but really, really, really trying to separate your work and your home life. Otherwise they can too much intertwine. And I like to say that just because you can work from anywhere or you can work from home or whatever that looks like, doesn't mean you should work all the time. That's, I mean, it's just not healthy. So yes, figure out like a shutdown time that works for you and your employer, whatever that looks like. And then as far as like creating boundaries, just turning off all the distractions, stop getting on Facebook and Instagram 
I mean, it's not going to make you better at your job. Unless your job means. Yes. Unless that means that is your job, social media and that sort of thing. Then that's very, very different. Um, but yeah. And also just like, I find myself, I'm like, oh, I'm working from home. I'm just going to do the dishes. I'm just going to do laundry. I'm going to vacuum. I don't actually vacuum that much, but you know, like little things like that, that you end up finding yourself going, well, I'm working from home. Shouldn't the house be like tidy and perfect? No, man, you're still working. So don't put that pressure on yourself. And I, I have set a clear boundary for myself. Like the only time that I'm going to be doing the dishes or household chore or something along those lines is when my watch goes off and I have 15 minutes to go do the thing. So that's what I do. Um, I think also setting boundaries for your clients. So you know how I talked about bashing my work and it's like, hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do this client, Tuesday, Thursday is the other client. I'm very clear with them and I let them know that that's when I'm working and that's when I'm doing stuff for them. Mm -hmm. I also think like you can easily find yourself getting into a tendency of like, sending an email or sending a message, you know, to a client or something like that at like midnight or, you know, whenever, do it. whenever you work, you know what I do? Delay delivery. I send, I, if I'm working on that email and I need to send it, I set it for 7am. Make it seem like I'm an early riser. <laughs> not. I'm not. Yeah. Um, but I do delay, delay delivery email all the time. Otherwise they think I'm up. This happens, this happens all the time. They think I'm up and available at midnight and will call me and be like, oh, hey. And I'm like, just because I'm working doesn't mean I want to talk to you. <laughs> like, you know, like, I love you, but that doesn't mean I'm like ready to like engage. I just need to just send the email, that sort of thing. So what email service do you use to do delay delivery? Um, so I have a Mac and I actually have all of my email routed, routed to the Apple mail. Mm-hmm. So I have like, I mean, there's like five different email addresses and I have them all going to Apple mail and I use spark, mm. but if you just use Gmail, it's part of Gmail. So oh, cool. that's I it. didn't know that existed. Thank you. Really? <laughs> no, I didn't. That's amazing. Yes. Okay. So it's in Gmail and it will tell you at the very bottom of the email that you're sending, it says like, do you want to send it later? And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. And you set the exact time that you want to send it. It's, it's brilliant. Well, that's a lot on boundaries. Um, We're going to talk about kind of setting up your ideal workspace. Obviously, that's if you're working from home. Uh, I think the ideal ideal is to have a separate room, but not everybody has that. I don't have that. I have a one bedroom, tiny little space. So yeah, I don't have a dedicated office. That is the ideal. If you are in a position where you can do that, I think that that is so great because you can physically separate what is work and what is rest or fun or or personal. Um, so if you have that cheers to you now, if that's not your current situation with where you live, um, I think finding a dedicated space in your house is super important. So whether that's a little corner or, you know, a nook in your kitchen or whatever it is you have available to you, finding a space where you really settle in and that's where you work is really great. I have a desk in my bedroom that's kind of in the corner, but I do this weird thing where I like work half of my day at my desk and usually it's the morning hours. And then sometime after lunch, I usually migrate to my living room and I like veg with my laptop on my lap, which might not be the healthiest thing, but I found that it really works for me to actually have half a day working in one space, take that longer brain break and then move to another space. The weather's getting nicer, so sometimes I'll still go sit on my porch. Um, but if you can figure out where those that one space or those few spaces are for you to be productive and to be as you know least distracted as possible, I think that's really key. I have like a couple little things that I like to do. I try to remove any physical distractions. So um, anything on my desk that would distract me from staying focused on my laptop I try to remove those things I also have I'm a kinesthetic learner so I like having like stress balls or things to play with sometimes when I'm thinking through I'll I'll use those to keep those pretty close to me um I'm going to start moving my phone away from my laptop thanks Chelsea for that tidbit of information so that I can stay more focused um and I would also remove anything that's a hobby um because if you like I have a podcast and for a while, my podcast and mic sat on my desk. And I actually realized that was a huge distraction. Somewhere in my subconscious, I would think about a 
podcast episode or something. And so I've removed that away so that I can't look at it while I'm working. Or if you like, like to paint or like to do something else that's totally opposite of whatever your work is, I would recommend removing it out of your line of sight. Um, I also think having something green in your workspace is really helpful. Um, so I have, a, you can probably see I have a lot of plants. I love, I have, I'm a plant mom. Um, but I love having greenery around because it makes you feel a little, I don't know, but I like feeling kind of connected to nature in a way. It also purifies the air. There's like a lot of really great parts about having some greenery in your space. And then I think just having some sort of calendar or agenda or to-do list right there on your desk is going to help keep you focused as well. Those are my big things on workspace. What about you, Chelsea? Okay. So my desk one, I think you're personally for me, I think your workspace should be something that you enjoy and a place that you enjoy. Don't go sit down somewhere that you dread. I'm not going to help you in your work. So it should be a place that you enjoy and a place that motivates you, whatever that looks like. And I start out at my desk. It's a little nook in our living room. Um, I start out there and I do all of my client work there. My desk is, is very like simple. Um, it's, I like, and I think it's important to have like a clean desk because a clean desk, a clean mind, otherwise it's cluttered and it just, it, it just doesn't work. So a clean, simple desk. I have a lamp on the desk for lighting. I also, Janine, keep a plant, a little succulent that I miraculously have kept alive for four months. I'm very excited about it. And I have my earbuds and a planner where I write down ideas and that sort of thing. And then I kind of go off of my planner for the day. So I have that for my workspace, but I like Janine, I also split up my work. So I start out there. I do all my client work there. Then when I'm working on my own personal brand business and working on things there, I like to mix it up and I don't like sitting in the same workplace because I'm a little bit more creative. So like when I switch out my space, so either go, I usually go work from a chair over here and I simply work from this chair that's in our bedroom. It's by a window. So I get things natural light and that works for me. So I think it's completely okay to like split up your workspaces. It doesn't have to be this one, one place all the time, but whatever that is, you should be sitting or standing or what works for you in a place that motivates you in a place that you actually enjoy being. Yeah. And I would say, if you think about it, if you're working in an office, you have a desk, but you're not sitting at that desk all the time. You're probably going into meetings in meeting rooms or you're, you know, moving to somebody else's desk to collaborate. So it's almost like a, it's a, it's a nice thing to do your brain. Even if it's literally you move from one area of one room across the room, there's something that happens subconsciously where it's like, oh, I can move spaces. I'm in, and I'm in, you get, you get into a new headspace as well, I think. So if you are able to do that where you live and have like a kitchen, sometimes I'll sit at my kitchen table, like just really depends if you can find different spots um, where you can work. I have noticed there's like one spot I shouldn't sit in because then I fall asleep. So I don't do that. Anymore. It was my bed. Spoiler alert. Sometimes I would try to work from my bed. I don't do that anymore. So like figuring out what works for you. It's totally personal to who you are. You'll know how much you can handle being on your desk and being in your space. Um, but like, feel free to like spice it up, try some new things and it's all trial and error. You'll figure out what works the best for you. Totally agree. All trial and error. Yeah. I hope that you guys brought some questions. Chelsea and I will do our best to answer them um, based on what we know and what we've learned. Um, but if you have a question, just feel free to unmute yourself and ask it. I guess my question is that I have like roommates. And so I'm wondering like, um, is it best to communicate with them with workspace? And like, yeah, how to do that? Because I know one of them for sure will be working remotely when she comes back mm. from California. So just trying to figure that out and everything. If you have tips for that. That's a really good question. Chelsea, well, I mean, Chelsea, you're married and your husband works remotely often. <laughs> yes. have a one bedroom apartment. So how do yeah. you guys make that work for each so other? So we have a really small, I think it's like 700 square feet. Y'all, this place is small, um, but we both work from home. We both work remotely. So whenever we're at home base, which is in Denver and we have an apartment, whenever we're here, we're both working from here. And what's funny is we don't talk a whole lot throughout the day um, because we're just both working on our laptops and doing our own things. So I typically work at my desk and he works, um, sounds funny, either on the couch or in the chair that I mentioned that's in our bedroom next to the pretty window. So that's, and we kind of separate that. And eventually throughout the day when I'm like, oh, 
I need to, you know, I'm switching brain spaces and I'm starting to work on my own thing rather than client work. And I need to switch. I just let him know. I'm like, Hey, can I have the chair? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'll go to your desk. So we just kind of switched it that way. I think for your situation with roommates, it's a little bit different. Um, I would simply over communicate mm-hmm. as best you can. And if there's a desk that you like to work at, or if there's a space you like to work at, I'm not sure, you know, everyone works differently. So I'm not sure if you want to have like earbuds in or then walking around is distracting or something like that, but just try to like over communicate. Hey, I'm going to work for here for the next like, couple hours. I'll have my earbuds in, but just like a heads up, if you can just kind of be thoughtful of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel like that would work. You guys have separate rooms. Yeah, we have each other own bedroom. So there's three of us. Oh, good. So that's helpful. So at least you do have some dedicated space that is your own. So if you really needed to, you could set up, even if it's, if you don't have like a desk in your bed, you could set up something makeshift, but then that could be your space when things might get, feel a little crowded in the, in the kind of common spaces. But I agree with Chelsea, just having really open and clear communication from the get go, because it's, it's an adjustment for everyone, right? You're all Mm -hmm. adjusting to working from home at the same time. And so talking about it and saying like, Hey, if you really need the kitchen, just let me know. We'll figure out how we can all situate so that we're all comfortable and we can all focus on the things that we need to do. I mean, obviously it should be kind of common sense, but you should all have headphones so that if someone's on a call or someone's listening to music, it's not distracting to all of you. Things like right. that. confidentiality with me with students. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, some of you in, in, in that regard, it might make more sense for someone like that to stay in their room the whole time. Not like, don't sh- you know, send them to their room, but it might make more sense that when they're doing that kind of stuff to stay in a space a little bit more separate from, from everyone else. So it's a really good question. So my question is, so I have a lift top coffee table. So I'm kind of using that as my desk right now. Um, and I have a chair and my couch, but I feel like I've been doing a bunch of my work these last couple of days on my couch. Um, and it's fine. It's just, I feel like my couch is where I sit down and like watch TV so Mm -hmm. I feel like how do I because I feel like if I'm like on the weekends I call myself like oh maybe I should just get on and like work an hour or two but like I don't want to constantly be working just because it's so easy to just open up my laptop and log an hour or two and I just don't want that to like consume my life so would you just suggest finding like a different like finding a different area to maybe work at or I don't know can I pop in? Because I work on my couch. No, I mean, you guys have, so yeah, please, any of you can pop in at any time. Please. So for me, I love working on my couch. It's kind of my space. Um, but to separate, sometimes I'll sit on different spots on the couch. I know that sounds weird, okay. but if I'm sitting in this one area on the couch on the left-hand side, that's where I'm working, then I'll move to the right-hand side too. Okay, I see what you're saying. So just break break up the couch, I guess. Like half right. the work and half work. Or a different chair Netflix. that's in your living room. Yeah, that's some, what I do. Almost like some separate. sort of separation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might help. And also, if you are able, try some other spots. If you have a kitchen table or if you have like a, a an area where you can stand, if you have like some sort of bar or um, kitchen counter where you can stand and work. Um, definitely don't work in bed. Like I said earlier, it's not a good idea. I fall asleep every time I try. Um, but if you can find, and I recommend, I mean, I agree with Kelly. There's one spot I saw on the couch. So like this spot right here is where I watch TV. The spot behind me is where I work. I do the same thing um, where I just find different spots around the house that I know I can focus in a little bit more. And somehow mentally, if, you know, it's a two foot distance between where I'm sitting when I watch TV. but it's a it's a mental barrier mental boundary I know like if I'm sitting here I'm not going to work from this thing yeah we're talking about um batching the work I've been trying to do a schedule where I work on this grouping of things like for an hour or two hours and then the next one for an hour or two hours and then I'm back to the first one am I defeating myself or is that really a good way to to try to do that. So is it all, is it all one client? Yes. Okay. So you said you're breaking it up to like, you're doing one project, one thing, then doing the other. And then in the third, you're going back and doing the first. Is that right? Right. Are you able to break it up over days? Or does it all need to be basically every day? Okay. 
I would do as much consistently simultaneously at once as possible and batch it that way. So I would do rather than the, I'm just going to name it first project, second project, then back to the first project. I would do first project for a longer period of time, then take a longer break to separate your, so go for a walk over a longer walk, go something else um, to kind of step, create that separation and then go to the project two rather than feeling like you always have something else, you know, because it'll feel really good to just like after the first project or first segment is over to be like, oh, I just got this second and then I'm done for my day. Or I'm, I'm sure there's probably more. I've been noticing the last several days is that it's, um, I feel like there's no end. Mm-hmm. And it's just this constant, constant, constant. Mm-hmm. Are you taking breaks between there? Like maybe trying to like 45 minute focus, 10 minute, 15 minute break. I would try to batch that all uh, the first focus at once. And that does, when I say batch that, that doesn't mean for nonstop for two or three hours, you're just working on that thing. That means you set a timer and you're focusing on it for whatever length of time works for you. Then get up, walk away, come back to it until you're done with it. And then switching to the second project. Thank you. My last job was a full-time job like at an office. And then little by little, it ended up uh, becoming like a personal assistant role instead of accounting, I'm accountant. So we switched to working from home, but because I, it was my first time doing it, it just ended badly because I wasn't reporting as much as he would have hoped. I'm just wondering if uh, any of you got the job from the get to be at home. That's kind of what I'm looking to do. I've just never done it. So if any of you have any tips on how to get those jobs, how to maybe uh, what needs to be on my resume, what doesn't, all the jobs I've had have been full-time at an office. There are lots of ways to find remote jobs. Can you share a little bit about like what you want to do? What's your sweet spot? What's your thing? Um, Honestly, I love the reconciliations, the bookkeeping, just the keep to myself and records kind of thing. Like I'm, I can be super organized and just knock it out and present and be done. That's what I love. (laughs) That's amazing. Those, I mean, that's definitely a job that you can do remotely. There are a lot of people out there that would love to hire someone to do their bookkeeping Mm -hmm. remotely. That's amazing. I do not have that skill set at all. Me either. Um, so for how to find those jobs, I think it's totally possible. So when you're first stepping into remote work and you're wanting to make that shift, the biggest thing is word of mouth. You'll be surprised. I mean, word of mouth really is everything when it comes to, I think for finding that first job. So, um, I have a resource that I can share with you. I have an entire PF that's dedicated to how to find a remote job and I can send that your way. Mm-hmm. It has a bunch of different resources. It has a bunch of different like websites based on like what you're looking for. I think there's two different ways you can go to find a remote job. You can either find a remote position through working for a remote company. So that's typically you're still on salary. You still have the benefits, but you don't have the freedom and the flexibility that you're really maybe, not necessarily, but maybe wanting in a remote position. The other option is you can work as a freelancer, aka tax term independent contractor or an entrepreneur starting your own business. So that's the other option, which you have extreme flexibility and freedom, but you know, you don't have the benefits. You don't maybe like the set income depending on how you have it structured, whether you have our hourly um, retainer clients, project-based, et cetera. So there's a lot of different options there, but I have an entire PDF that I can send you if you want. Another thing too, is there are some really great, if you're not already a part of the work from anywhere, Facebook group, any of you guys who um, came from there, it's awesome. Um, there, Chelsea started a Facebook group for people who are remote or are looking to be remote um, in what they do and what their job is. And so uh, there, she put it in the comments. If you guys are not a part of that group, even if you're just looking for like a side job, like an extra couple hours 
a week. Um, there, I mean, I don't know how many jobs get posted a week, but pretty frequently I can see jobs popping up here and there. Some are full-time, some are part-time, some are literally project-based five hours a week, things like that. And so that's a great place to get started as well. Um, LinkedIn, make sure that if you have a LinkedIn profile, it shows that you are open to recruiters getting in touch with you. You can put in keywords, you can put in what your skills are, people can reach out to you as a result of that. There are also some Slack channels out there. I'm a part of one called Ladies Get Paid, I think is what it's called. And there um, is a channel in there for um, opportunities and it is always filling up with people. So you just apply for that and you can end up in that Slack channel. Um, so there are a lot of options out there. And then just, yeah, connecting yourself with people who are remote or who might be connected to people who are remote and they know people who are looking for virtual assistants or virtual bookkeepers or whatever that, whatever your niche or your preference or your passion might be. Um, a lot of companies in the last five years have been starting to go remote because they're seeing productivity go up. There are challenges that are involved with it too. Do not get me wrong. There are a lot of challenges of being remote, but um, there are also a lot of really good benefits. Not like legal benefits if you're a contractor, but you know what I mean? Um, and so there's a lot out there. So I'd go ahead and say that too. And I would also say like, don't let the benefits like freak you out. Uh, there are options for finding healthcare outside of having a W-2. There are options for finding dental and vision and all of it. There are options. So don't let it scare you away from going that route as a freelancer, independent contractor, what have you. Plenty of options. You don't have to be on salary to have benefits to be taken care of. Totally. I have a question about all of the stuff you guys know about. Like the Zoom, or not Zoom, but um, Loom and um, just like some of the tools that you that you mentioned, like, did you guys just know about these things? Okay, so I would very much like to not work in an office and I feel like there are just some organizational things where I'm like, I just feel like a complete idiot when it comes to like, um, you know, if I, if I say like, oh, I want to work from home, well, do you know how to do all these things you know like these technical things and I'm just like no but I can learn I mean do I need to is that something that I can be like hey I can learn this or how did you guys get to where like (laughs) where you are I love Google. Like I will just Google the crap out of whatever it is I need to learn. There are YouTube tutorials for everything. Yeah. Um so yeah I just I think I think I love tech which is some, I do tech now. So I love technology and I love what it can do. Um, and so I always just like looking at what's out there and what's new. I kind of geek out over it. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. Kelly probably knows this a little bit. Um, and I mean, Kelly might be able to speak to this because Kelly's working with me and she's had to learn a lot about building websites and sales funnels and all these things that she didn't previously have experience with. How did you? Yeah, I would love to talk to you about that because- I was a teacher, but, um, I was introduced to this company and I was just upfront and honest and told them, you know, there's certain things that I know, but I'm able to Google and I'm able to learn. And, um, loom has been my best friend because they'll send me a screenshot or screen share, and then I can go back and refer to it. So I think if you're upfront and honest with them before you get hired and that they're willing to kind of work with you and train you, then it should be fine. I would also say, I think more people nowadays are hiring for teachability Mm -hmm. than they are for skill set. So if you, if you are someone who shows that like you are willing to learn and get your hands dirty and really dig and figure things out, Mm -hmm. people are going to be more willing to hire you nowadays than they might be willing to hire someone who thinks they know all of it already, because there is a limit with someone who thinks they know it all versus someone who's like, I don't know it all, but I want to know it all. So like, give me the first three steps and let me figure the rest out. I think Mm -hmm. a lot more people are hiring for that now than they are for the full on skill set. And so I would say if, if you kind of have an idea of where you want to head in terms of how you want to work from home and kind of what capacity or what, 
you know, area of business, just start Googling, like, what do I need to know when it comes to working from home in this arena? And you'll start to, I mean, it's a rabbit hole for sure, but you're going to learn a lot just by reading or watching videos. That's going to set you up in a space where if you ever found a job, you could say, yeah, I know a little bit about X, Y, and Z, and I want to learn so much more. So you, you, Jimmy is a good one too. Um, you didn't mean to kind of speak to this. I think the greatest asset for a remote worker is a learning mentality. I got to where I am by just saying yes and then figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so much more <laughs> valuable um, in, in what I do now than what I was previously because there was a cap. You know, it's like you do this thing. Right now, it's if I don't know how to do it, I'm figuring it out for my client. And so I'm going ahead and doing those things and figuring it out and learning it. So I think for you, Kelly, it's figure out what tools are needed for your, the job that you want. Okay. First step, figure out what tools, figure out what they require, what the skills that they require for the job that you do want. Then all you gotta do is go learn those things. And I promise you it's not as overwhelming as it may feel right now because there are tutorials galore out there. There's mm-hmm. YouTube. Let me tell you how many people have screen shared and showed exactly how to do something on YouTube. Probably made money off of it. Um, yeah. You know, so there's that. And then there are so many different, like Linda, Udemy. Um, there's a lot of different options. Even like Trello, for example, if you're not, if you don't know Trello and you're like, I think that's a project management tool that I should use. Trello has their own literally section of their website about how to use that tool. So I think the first step for you is figure out what that job that you want is. Second is figure out the skills that they require for that and then learn a little bit about it. And then once you get that interview, because you will express how much of a learning mentality you have and you're willing to put in the effort on your own time to learn your tools yeah, if it makes you, if it makes you feel any better, I was an administrative assistant for four years, and somehow now I'm managing websites. It doesn't make sense, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. but it but it is what it is. It's what happened, and it it was because I think people saw that I was willing to learn, and I was I wanted to, and so I just dug in, and I think that that is what got me where I am. And if I can do it, trust me, anybody. I mean, I was like administrative assistant that was all I was seen as and so I didn't think I could do anything else mm-hmm. and then I had a leader who was like oh you're really smart here's the first three steps go figure the rest out and it morphed into what it is so definitely know that you are you have more in you and you're mm-hmm. more capable than you might feel right now to learn and you know technology is always changing and what you know the way things are done are changing so rapidly now that like even if you know it now you might not know it a year from now so I would adopt the mindset of like it's going to change and grow so I'm going to change and grow and you're going to be like set to take on whatever yeah. you do. and cool. Kelly if it's helpful and for all of you so I have created an entire list of um, remote work tools that I personally love and I use for different topics and different things, whether it's project management, way more in depth um, than what Janine and I went into just because that would be super time consuming if we did that. Um, So I created a link. And so it's a bunch of like remote work tools that to know for different topics and then all of my remote remote life tips. Um, Well, for me, I live alone, so it's just very hard, um, I guess, having that daily interaction. If I don't have a Skype call or some type of meeting scheduled, there'll be days where I will not talk. Mm-hmm. Just I just won't have any dialogue with anybody. Of course, like, I'll talk to myself and be like, oh, I should have done this. Or, But it's not like a consistent conversation unless like I call my mom or something. But other than that, like I really, I guess I'm just struggling being alone and and I guess like being scared of the fact that I'm alone and be like, oh my God, am I going to go nuts? I guess from going to daily interactions with like my team of 10 to like just being alone and just being super quiet. And I'm totally like, like you, Janine, that I can like listen to music and listen to podcasts and, and not, and be able to focus also on my work. I think if it's completely quiet, I, I just can't. Yeah. It is a challenge. I think, especially if you do work with people like you're, I mean, there's a difference between being like a kind of a contractor where you do one thing and you don't have to collaborate versus being someone who's working remotely and you do collaborate. 
And so when you're used to being in an office with people that you're talking to throughout your day, and now, now all of a sudden you find yourself home by yourself, which I can relate. Um, and you, if you're not getting that kind of communication, uh, it can be really challenging. I actually, sometimes when I'm slacking with people or messaging with people on my team, I'll say, Hey, you want to just hop on a call really quick for five minutes? Cause one, it's going to go a lot faster to talk it out than it is to type it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to, especially if there's the capability to um, do video or screen sharing, it's, you're actually going to be a lot more productive if you can do that anyway. So I would say kind of um, finding ways to make sure that you're able to engage, whether it's uh, audibly or with video, it would be really helpful in a time where right now you might find that like you're, especially if you're an extrovert, it's way hard. I can't even, I'm an, I'm on the more introverted side, but if you're an extrovert and all of a sudden you're like, I'm home alone, I don't get to talk to anyone. I'm going to go crazy. I can't even imagine what kind of a challenge that would be. So I would say in your personal life, be more intentional about making phone calls, FaceTime dates, all that sort of stuff. But then professionally, if you can say, hey, I think we'd be able to solve this a lot quicker on a phone call or a Zoom, like just do it. Because one, that's going to fill something in you where you're like, I don't see anyone at all. And I'm alone on my little island. Um, But then also you're going to get through things a lot faster. So your productivity is going to be higher if you're able to do that as well. Just to note, like, um, if I don't know if you want to, but remote work isn't always like this uh, with the virus situation. <laughs> Usually you can go to a coffee shop, you know? Um, so it's not always like this. Usually you can travel or go to a coffee shop or go to a library or go to a hotel and work from the lobby or go meet friends for lunch. So this is a weird, well, in a lot of different ways, but a weird, really weird time right now. Um, being cooped up in our homes and working from home, but not having that connection with people. So just piggybacking off of Janine, definitely try to like create FaceTime, like dates with friends, you know, do this happy hour with your friends, give Mm -hmm. them a call or call your parents or catch up with someone you haven't in a long time. I think everyone right now is seeking connection. My office, um, we're actually really good about like we have a daily check-in Zoom call, and so I can see see everybody's faces. And we also have, and this is this is also happening like when we're in the office, but like um, we're timing ourselves on like pro- on different projects and things. So not only am I hourly, I like I'm clocking in that way, but I'm also like timing myself on my projects, and then I'm also. Um, giving my boss a list of stuff that I'm doing that day. And then I'm giving him a list at the end of the day of stuff that I'm like, that I've done for the day. And it's like very micromanagey and I'm very upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's really annoying. Um, Like, is that, is that normal or, or is it just like, okay. (laughs) No, that's not normal. I don't know about you, Janine. That's not, the micromanaging isn't normal. Um, I think whenever you work remotely, there's like this trust factor of that you're good at what you do and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I haven't experienced that. I'll share that with you, but okay. yeah, I don't like micromanaging others and I don't like people micromanaging me. Um, so I think if there's trust there, you know, it shouldn't be like, but this is also a very weird time. Yeah. Everybody's doing it on my team. Like, it's not just me. Like it's, um, like, it's not just me that's being checked up on. It's like, did that happen in the office as well? Like when y'all were working in the office or is this only because every, the weirdness that's happening and everyone's working? It's probably an adjustment for everyone. And so however you might feel like is micromanaging is probably, he or she probably just don't really know how to assess what things look like right now. And so they're going a little bit extreme, a little bit overboard because it's a different, you're in a different kind of work environment not being all together. So it's yeah. probably just that like that person doesn't quite know how to, so there should be like some grace there, but maybe then, I mean, there might be a conversation that needs to be had too. I don't know. I mean, like after a couple of weeks, maybe it's like, Hey, so you can trust your people. It's totally mm-hmm. fine. We're all working. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's been interesting for sure. <laughs> so I think generally with working remotely, there is a, um, at least in my experience, there's been a really like solid amount of like, here's what I need you to do. I'm going to trust you to go ahead and do it. Maybe they'll check in every once in a while, but Hey, how's that project going? But it's, there's very little micromanaging in my experience personally. Um, so I would say, yeah, definitely not 
Mm-hmm. So it's more results-based. <laughs> right? Hey, maybe after a couple of weeks and that trust is built with that leader, yeah. then you can be like, so this is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. How about we try this instead? Yeah. Um, and see how that goes. Hey, bye friends. Bye. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of All Hearts Janine. I know the format was really different considering that Chelsea and I did a Zoom, so we were talking to multiple people. Sorry for any audio issues, but I figured the content was way too valuable not to share. So if you learned a ton about working remotely or you still have questions, feel free to reach out to Chelsea or myself on Instagram. I am at Janine and Chelsea is at Travel Brinkley. We would love to chat more with you and be sure to check out the show notes for links to all of the different tools we mentioned and to get involved. Join the Work From Anywhere Facebook group. Sign up to get that PDF that Chelsea kept talking about. Trust me, the value is amazing from it. But we will be back in two weeks when I'm going to be sitting down with another awesome friend and we're going to be talking about another topic that I think is really important and really needs to be talked about in this space of time. So we will see you then. But until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith. Thank you.